wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. And he never doubts that he is loved. And he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. supposed to be the good guys. We are. Hello and welcome back into the Wabamverse. Across the Wabamverse. For we bought a mic, a pop culture spider cast. Talking Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the new film Mm -hmm. from Sony Pictures, Mm -hmm. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, a bunch of other people, goaded gods delivering on the highest echelons of cinema. Yes. Of art. Yes. We're going to get into it. Welcome. My name's Ernest. Uh, My name is Baby Gronk. What universe? What was his canon event? Uh, well, he got a hug from Livy. <laughs> oh my God! That is was that, his canon event? Is that a canon yeah. event? Yeah, I actually he got challenged by Baby Diggs to one v one him, <laughs> and then that was kind of over. Every every baby Gronk in every universe get rizzed up. By <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining like the Except yeah the H- one. the HQ of baby Gronks. <laughs> <laughs> There's like thousands of them, just all with Livy tattooed on their arms. <laughs> This is going to age really well. I'm sure we won't be sick of this in like three days. There's no way. Hey, man. Uh, my name is Hunter. And uh, and I'm Drew. And Spider Drew. Yep. Spider and Shanks. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um, okay. Right up top. We are going to spoil this movie. Well, I'm we sorry. Can give, we can give like... Five minutes we of thoughts before be getting into it. Okay. Okay. Two hours. Here's the thing. I'm setting um, the timer. I'm going to set a timer. We, this is what we should start doing all the time. By the just way. set a I timer. Mean, I, I have a recording. I can see the, the I know, timer but, on the but, recording. But you've always had that. <laughs> <laughs> that has not stopped us once. Hey, man. When um, I was getting into jury duty, there was no timer. I, uh, <laughs> I had to tell you all about every beat you, of that show. The moment that you say Biff with time no longer exists. <laughs> my brain you can just keep going for forever brief overall thoughts okay on spider-man across the spider five minutes should i do five yeah yeah sure now um okay this movie is perfect um i think this movie is excellent and uh yeah okay those are my thoughts i I didn't need five minutes (laughs) are you are you you seeding your time yeah i can see i I can see the rest of my time yeah would you like to give (laughs) your minutes to another all right and thank you guys for listening come back next week and uh we're not in jury duty right now you don't have to there's no judge um this movie, it I I've talked a lot about Into the Spider Verse. It was my favorite movie of 2018. Whenever it came out, I think that that movie was 
a crowning achievement for like what you can do in the animation space and what you can do in the superhero space and kind of telling uh, a story that is universal but also has all these super elements to it. It and, understands the character of Spider-Man. And across the Spider-Verse just takes all of those dials and just dials them up to yeah. 11. And I, we're going to get to it um, whenever we get more into spoilers. But the visual aspect of this is uh, unbelievable. I'm like, I want this movie. I want to just like pay $50 to own this movie on 4K like tomorrow and just watch this movie on a daily basis in my yeah. house. Uh, the idea of having impressionistic watercolors <laughs> in your animated feature. Didn't think that was possible, uh, much less in a superhero movie. Well, the the entire <laughs> the entire movie is impressionistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like the the forms and, and colors of every character change from like moment to moment. Even it's incredible. It's the most. Uh, and I, Ernie, you can probably speak the most to this because you're the most of a comic book head. But this is the most that felt like a comic book yes. I've ever seen a movie where the characters change panel to panel and and the the first movie definitely felt like that like that first spider-verse movie is the closest any comic book movie any superhero movie has come to feeling like what it feels like to flip through the pages of a comic book and i think that this one doubles down on that in every way um i've seen this movie three times now <laughs> i'm fully spider-pilled uh the first time i thought I was a little bit more apprehensive about going full like masterpiece, you know, 10 out of 10 because this movie does leave off on a massive cliffhanger. Yeah. So my, my immediate thought was like, okay, the first movie, story. the first movie is a little bit more of a tighter narrative arc, um, you know, complete story, all those things. I think this movie is just going bigger and bolder and wider with its scope. And on first watch, I thought that like maybe, a little too much, a little too overwhelming, kind of, you know, uh, feeling its own weight. And then after watch number two and then watch number three, I'm like, bro, this is what this movie accomplishes. The 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 things it's going for, the ambition it's going for and how frequently it succeeds at it is unbelievable. Like we'll get into it, but the 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 script of this movie, the story it's trying to tell, yes, there are things that aren't going to pay off until the next movie, but it is going for it. Mm -hmm. They are fucking swinging for beyond the fences, like it is insane. And so you have this movie that you know it is going broader in scope, but it's also zeroing in on the characters and the essence of who Spider Man is, the tragedy of it, and then we're in this moment, a fucking multiverse. You'll hear me uh, in another podcast talk about The Flash, <laughs> how that movie, you know, uses the multiverse to just go like fucking soy face clap moments. This movie uses the multiverse to examine how Miles Morales is such a unique character and why he's special. And why we should care about his story. It's all character. -based. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's the thing is the balance of uh, story and character. And on top of that, like the veneer of how it looks. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a perfect movie. 
Um, there we go. Let's let's fucking so, go, man. Dude. That's the, the thing. Boys are all aligned here. And there <laughs> there are thirty seconds left. Guess what? I'm stopping the fucking clock. Oh, that's it. And <laughs> you know what? I'm resetting it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can keep going. I have a lot of thoughts on like the score and the soundtrack. We can keep it's, going non spoiler. So there, yeah, there. I mean, there are two issues that you could really feasibly have with this movie, in my opinion. The first one is the multiverse issue. If you were burnt out on multiverse content, that's your own fault for watching it all. <laughs> you didn't have to, like you. But you, you have. I mean, you saw everything everywhere. That's probably the only one. Everything everywhere, and then like No Way Home. The last. Oh, wait, no, you never saw No. No, Way Home. I didn't. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I didn't fucking watch. I we didn't watch a lot of fucking Rick and Morty back in the day. No. So that's the thing is I, yeah, there, <laughs> that is, but if you just accept the fact that that has sort of become a convention of storytelling yeah. as opposed to like a fad or a trope of storytelling, uh, cause I don't think it's necessarily going anywhere. It and might, it didn't come out of nowhere. No, of course. Even yeah. building up and it might, this. and it might like wax and wane over time, but I think the general premise of a multiverse is here to stay because we live in a world where all that we do is look into the lenses of other people's lives on our right. devices. Yeah. Uh, so get over that. You fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> the second thing, which I would have way, I, I, I would think I would sympathize with more is the, the thing, part that's part one. It's a half story. I get that. Yeah. Uh, I think that I've almost always agreed with that being like a central flaw in a movie, but it's not in this movie because this is, uh, it's so big because I, how are you walking away from this all. movie? Like not satisfied. Right. It's like, so much movie. <laughs> that's the thing. And I wanted to bring up this movie uh, in the context of what I think, at least to me personally is the greatest trilogy of all time, which is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think that, while each three of those movies are part of a larger story, they have the, a character has a starting and an ending place. Like each of the characters in this ensemble has a starting and ending place that feels like they made progress, right. even if they Arcs aren't at the arcs. end goal. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's something that uh, will of course, End of the Spider-Verse was kind of originally made to be a one-off. Not yeah. so much based on the post credit scene of End of the Spider-Verse. That it was leaving the door open for their it, It's a more, contained story. But it's contained. This obviously is not. I This is very much um, one big story. Yeah, I, I very much. I mean, go back to our episode of Dune. And I was very, very butted heads against the part one of Dune. Like, I at had a lot of issues. that movie says part one at the beginning. Well, this, this originally was Spider-Man colon across the Spider-Verse dash part one, I know, which when you're sitting in the theater too much. Uh, good call to cut that down a little bit. Yeah, um, I'll see your Lord of the Rings. I'll raise you the Matrix. The, this is much more comparable. That's fair. To the Matrix than to the Lord of the Rings. The Matrix, a perfect 10 out of 10 single contained. Yeah, that's a good point. Loop. Heroes because the first journey. one can function as a solo thing and then they made two but and then three they, but then they kept going and as, that and, and then the matrix the matrix uh uh revel uh revolutions of the third one reloaded yeah. reloaded, reloaded yeah ends on a to be continued just like this movie does so and it's similar to how this movie deconstructs the idea of Spider-Man of the yeah almost yeah. of the first one in a way Matrix Reloaded deconstructs the idea of the yeah the hero's journey and the chosen one. Well, also, I mean that speaks to the fact that that's not always a good idea. <laughs> hey <laughs> man, I don't want to. I don't want to open growing this. up and evolving. Okay, I didn't. 
means <laughs> I didn't mean to do this. Coming to terms with the Matrix sequels are actually good, actually. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, we're here to talk you, about Spider-Man. I'm going to let you have that one. I'll definitely let, let you, you have the one I'll from fucking like last one. year, whenever that okay. was. Um, oh my god! So <laughs> the, I guess I guess the first way to break this down without getting mega into spoilers because we guess should what? guess what we have fifty seconds left. I'm stopping the clock. <laughs> Are you restarting it? <laughs> Go ahead and restart it. The it, it's it's the plane at which this movie is operating artistically is so it is so many magnitudes the higher. Ambition than any other animation that you will see uh in your life yeah ever it's just like there is there is thought put into every frame that is not just logical thought like it's not just like okay what do we need to depict to get to the next sequence like yeah. it is it is it is thought of from so many angles and for that reason it it doesn't even need to have a good story and yet right. it does in fact just like the first one but i would argue even most more so in this one it shocked me how much time they were willing to give to tender one-on-one oh, conversations. Yes. The yes. mom. Oh, yeah. oh that scene God. with They're, the mom underneath the water tower. Yeah. On the and roof. this is in my heart. And this is in the midst of a really, really dense fucking movie. Yeah, that is like so, reality jumping well, movie. And also that is so visually inclined. Yeah. And they're and they're giving you five minutes of real right. character development at a time. This happens a lot of times in this fucking movie. I was I was blown away by that almost more than anything else right. that I they mean, they and this is a Lord and Miller thing. They recognize the need for everything to fall back to the story. Right. They're, you need a focus. You need a core. They're really good writers. And, man. you know, this is not spider realms. You know, they knew the audience they needed. I was to, a little worried about you, Drew. I'm not going to lie. It's spider verse. I was a little scared. I that's the thing is, in theory, there's a lot that I don't like about this movie, but it's all executed perfectly. Yeah. And. I if anything that just kind of like makes you more mad at all of the other things that I just half ass all you, this. How did we, it's like, we, we were not hard enough <laughs> on Quantumania. Like, I never fucking saw it and I never will. I mean, as a society, <laughs> as a film community. Just, you, you pointed I over simply, here. <laughs> well, yeah, you said we and looked right at us as Drew and I are just sitting out here actively like, choosing yeah, we, not to engage. We shouldn't have given that five stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> Th- this recontextualizes like everything that we've seen from big budget filmmaking Mm -hmm. Uh, you know maybe maybe set aside your dune your your top gun mavericks like there's a couple you know strays here and there that are kind of at their own top shelf this is like what are we doing? It's fucking. Yeah. What, where is the money going? Yeah, that's the thing. Is this? <laughs> it's not on the screen. This, this movie looks like fucking money. Like it. It looks. It reflects the budget that it had, which most movies just don't. Because visually, it looks like almost like every now and then there will be like an Oscar animated short film that's just phenomenal looking. Yeah. It looks like that, but for like over two, two hours, two and a half, yeah. <laughs> and like there, and with more going on than is ever going on in those movies, right? You know, like it, it's unbelievable the amount of craft that's like fucking jammed into this dense ass story. This is one of the things that there's certain, certain uh, writers, certain podcasters, at certain major uh, publications uh, that are out there that shall not be named, uh, where people just dismiss animation 
because I think kids. it's cartoons. so it's so easy to just say it's for kids. Yeah. It's cartoons, and I think that especially into the Spider Verse and across the Spider Verse are the most clear examples of like if you understand the medium of what animation is, it is boundless in a way that the the real world that we live in will never be right that like you so you many people you, just whenever at the end of the day we can try to make a fucking gray blob of mush around us and make a cgi punch fest but we are still at the day like living in this human world we don't have the ability to just like have everything change based on characters feelings from shot to shot to shot and what this film does is it understands the boundless nature that is animation and says, we are going to not only change artistic styles, we're going to have several different types of artistic styles and types of animation on the screen at the same time coming at you. Yeah, it's not going to be jarring. And no, it's it, not going to be mush. Everything, it's not nonsense. You could pause the screen and clearly see defined outlines of everything that's going on around yeah, you. Yeah, and also There's like make craft. out, and you can make out the reasoning of why it looks yeah, like the that. feeling. Yes, that's, that is the thing. There yeah, is just, it's, all, it's all emotion. Yeah. There's an emotional resonance to this that In is the so deeply movie. profound. It's, it's un- believable it's something that like i watching this movie i don't think that my jaw has been dropped and i've just been smiling yeah, so much while I watching know, the movie in i years i re- i was reduced to feeling like a child again like <laughs> i know that sounds so stupid and like hyperbole but i felt like a kid again watching this movie and i we watched so many movies i watched so much shit i just I thought that feeling was just yeah. gone. No, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that that I haven't seen this before. It's you know, it's just it's unbelievable. Just that type of feeling. There's no way to not uh, have like some emotional response to the to the storytelling because it's really really well crafted. And like I said, they're they're giving real time to it. It's not just. Do you like that I reset the timer? <laughs> yeah, I like that we're now on the fourth, <laughs> fourth five five. minute timer. <laughs> All right, last thought, then and then spoilers. Oh. Wait, I have more spoiler-free thoughts. I want to talk about Metro Boomin. Okay, then talk about Metro Boomin. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't judge this movie surface level on what it is. Judge it like on what it's delivering to right. you. Like it's about the de- mm. the deliverable product here is undeniable. I wasn't expecting to like this movie the way that I did. And because on paper, I don't like it that much. Well, the, it's you like the, the first one was on all our top. Well, tens. because because that one's the exact same thing where it's yeah. like, yeah, on paper, I have I don't have any emotional connection to Spider-Man or anything in that universe. This is just a perfect movie. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this one, too, where it's like I'm not I'm not a huge Spider-Man person in any way. This is great storytelling. And on top of that, I could have it on mute and it would still get like three and a half stars, probably if I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> right. Like it's. Cause it's that level of good visually like, and it all, it all works together. It's all informed together. One thing that Lauren Miller definitely do when they're like, you know, on set involved, like that level, I can't speak to the talking dogs movie that's coming out. I don't know how involved they were with that. <laughs> I definitely don't think they were very involved with strays. Are you kidding me? Strays and cocaine bear. They were actually on set but shadow directing their, their movies. Just, they feel like all the departments are talking to each other. Like, right. they, you know, like, that's what they're really good it, at. Imagine how that must play out on an animated movie like that. There there's something about the way this movie is yeah. built that I'm just like, how? 
how do you do this? Because how do you? I would imagine. I, I would imagine step one is that they're they're not necessarily sort of contracting all the animation work to like ten different studios in ten different cities. Like, yeah, but they're also developing new tech just for these movies. I know that it, is influencing other movies. They there are styles in this movie that you don't see in the first movie. So they not only did they pioneer tech for the first movie, they pioneered new tech new for this tech. movie. Yeah. I, I think I think this movie looks significantly better than the first one. It, it, dude, it's insane. There are scenes where like for a split second, it'll change entirely. Yeah. Like it, the, the way it accentuates motion and impact. Yeah. It'll change the, it on the a colors level. The colors will fluctuate to the point that sometimes it looks like you're looking at a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, of, of the shot. It's and it all makes sense. And it you know what I mean? It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel showy. It doesn't feel like it's like fucking yeah. a scanner darkly where it's just someone showing off because they're bored. Right. Like it all is. It's sensible, but it's so out of this world. Well, and it goes back to the impressionism, which is kind of something that we talked about here like that. It's funny, especially uh, in that week since this has come out, like more and more people have done interviews talking about this and even a decision like apparently uh, the decision to make the one of the big bads of this movie, The Spot, was a a decision that came from Avi Arad, who's like the godfather of Spider-Man, like kind of is responsible for all things Spider-Man. Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man movies. Um, And whenever he proposed it uh it was kind of like laughed off as like what (laughs) the spot what even is this creature and then you kind of understand what the ideas of this villain are you get somebody like jason schwartzman in there you get lord and miller actually writing this yeah but not just lord and miller writing this yes they're writing like the the some of the dialogue that Jason Schwartzman's delivering, but it's the visualization of it. Yeah. It is actually how it is animated. That it looks almost like nightmarish. Some of the things oh. that you were seeing in this movie, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. The, the it's, way it's like sketched. To, to it's look like, like almost unfinished. like scratched. Yeah. yeah that's oh. scratched up. So it's, we can just, this is essentially spoilers, right? Okay. So let, I'm stopping the clock. Okay, fine. I'll, t- about I'll talk about movie. Metro Boomin and spoilers. Section. So if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. We're going to talk about the movie. So a uh, Schwartzman, great pick, uh, incredible voice. The, the way um, that character uh, sh- shifts throughout the movie I was so blown away. Well, it's very gradual decisions of like you start off. It's very silly. It's very wacky. And then by the end, it's like the most for- formidable force you could have possibly imagined. It, well, so two thoughts crossed my mind about this uh, villain arc. Number one is it reminds me a lot of anime like anime arcs where it's like I, I I'm getting stronger to someday defeat you. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it's a very gradual process. The second is it reminds me of like Elon Musk. Like it's, it reminds me of like how people become villains in real yeah. life. Is they just science nerdy guy. Yeah. Like, and then he just like happens to like make a series of choices that make him so powerful. And then suddenly a threshold is crossed. That's like the point. And of suddenly no Twitter's for sale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, Trump, Trump just wanted to like prove people wrong. No, you're, you're honest. On that. I, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, that scene in uh, Mumbatan, where he finds the reactor in there and basically like, you know, he's gaining strength up until that point, but that point where that reactor goes on and he goes into it, that's the moment where it's like, Oh shit, 
Yeah, this it's is, like this oh, is real. Oh now. no, he like got it. Yeah, it's like the when, movie pivots. That's like a fulcrum moment in the movie where it goes to like from like silly fun to like oh this is now this is the mm-hmm. most insane shit. That's that's, that's ever 20, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh fuck, he got in the fucking yeah, White House. Exactly. It's, oh, it's Ernest God. on election night going. Hitler had a plan. <laughs> Trump doesn't even have a plan. <laughs> I mean, maybe Spot does have a plan. But his whole plan is just to, like, beat up one guy. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> want to be. It's a, so awesome. He doesn't want to be a villain of the week. He's. Yeah. He's. He's a great villain. I mean, his. They tie him to the original movie, the bagel guy. And his base power is fun to watch. Oh, so yeah, good. Like, even yeah. When really he's, cool. Even when he's really, really bad at wielding it. He's right. still once like, it's, making portals. Once again, it is fully understanding how boundless the animation medium is. And yeah. just like we can do anything. And then, we can well, have holes anywhere that you are. <laughs> Stop talking about, about your holes. You're making everyone <laughs> uncomfortable. And, and so then that that gets back to what you were saying about any any flashback from his perspective is in this uh black and white sketched yeah. art style mm. which is my favorite in the whole movie oh. a movie full of cool art styles that's that's my favorite by far because it's something it's like like fucking like don hertzfeld or yeah yeah, way. yeah like, no for real yeah, it's it really something does you feel don't like a, such a, it's such i don't a feel alone in this yeah it's something you don't see on a big screen but it's a very like valid cool looking thing yeah. um and it's, that's it's it's such a beautiful day world of tomorrow yes. i think we like combined we, all those we did it's because you started to say one thing and i was thinking another one and we definitely just combined them into one word mouth jumble but, um yeah so miles in this movie uh a shamar shamik 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 more <laughs> yoinks you uh, combine the first and last name. We're we're all having a word jumble um, here. Hallie Stinfeld. <laughs> you can't Schmation say that. I, know, I, I even it out. Schmation um, Jortman. Wait, can we start from the beginning of this movie? Because this movie does not start time. with Miles. It starts it with Gwen. Starts in my favorite world visually, which is uh, Gwen just fucking playing the drums it's like almost starts in like a whiplash kind of style it's just like and he's not the it only one ends in a whiplash it's too. fucking just the we were talking off mic about the score to this movie daniel pemberton daniel dude. pemberton i've been listening to it like every yeah, day i've been listening to the score and to the soundtrack shout to metro boomin um like all the time it's it's just like perfect work music workout as like soon, just, as soon as this movie starts and you hear gwen say let's do this differently this time and you see a visualization of the drum hits on the screen as like pulsating circles i was like all right here we go let's <laughs> we're it it's happening banger let's fucking go I, it was I mean, even before that, with just the logos glitching out, which is, you know, we basically saw it in the first movie. But like that whole intro with like the building kind of recounting the events of the first movie and where Gwen's headspace headspace is at with that drum track. Fucking perfection. Just such a different tone to start the movie off of, you know, you're in for something a little darker and moodier from there. And then when we get into the scenes with her dad where the back it turns out when you have an animated movie you can just have the backgrounds just melt into yeah. like drops of paint you were it's always truly, allowed to water do co- that. yeah you could just do that this whole time and just nobody was i know i'm gonna look at elemental this weekend it's gonna be the most flat shit i've ever <laughs> seen in my life like, like I, I i was just watching that i was like i think this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in I, my life oh so there is that element but also i think that it's 
it's so important that first scene for a few different elements. One, because we are like reestablishing the story in from Gwen's perspective, which if there is one note that I have about this movie, it's that I want more Gwen. I think that Haley Steinfeld is incredible in it's this kind character. Of bookend, yeah. And I think that I think that the third one is have going to have a lot of Gwen, especially where she ends up as the story I, I goes along. I feel like there was more Gwen in this movie than in the first one. There was. Though. No, yeah, yeah, there definitely yeah. was more. I just think that she's unbelievable. Like that is a great performance, but I think that seeing starting off with Gwen is recontextualizing a lot of stuff from the first movie. It's recapping. And also because that world in particular is the most impressionistic or one of the most impressionistic worlds that we see for the rest of this. It's almost like it's knocking down the walls of your brain to just kind of prepping you from the get go. You're just like, feel this movie more than watch it right and i think that that is like such a absolutely genius choice to have right at the very top of your movie of like this isn't going to just be like have the same stagnant background two-hander right. two-shot well, that we're gonna go back her, and forth with each other you're in her point of view it's as characters are delivering dialogue which Good call out on anime, Drew, because this is a huge anime thing of like the the actual backgrounds are going to change to red as a character like learns a shocking piece of imagery or like almost going to have like the like lines shoot out from their head as they're like kind of the whole scene where uh, her dad, Captain Stacy, shout out to Shea Wiggum, um, King is like apprehending her and she reveals her identity that's when you really start to see like you see it a little bit in the in the apartment earlier there's the hug and then it kind of bursts out from the hug which is really Mm -hmm. beautiful but that scene where they're talking to each other that's when i just like started leaning forward in my chair and i was like oh my god every time we cut to a different shot (laughs) we're seeing an entirely different setup with an entirely different framing with an entirely different background entirely different visual style and it it just it guides you through the feeling it's fluid yeah i i don't know it just before we watched this movie we had you know you sit you sit through a lot of trailers shout out to rudy gulvin cracking oh brother (laughs) they all look so fucking stupid like what I know, like, five-year-olds need movies, too, but it's just, like, brother. Babies do need movies. It's just, there's, like, hard labor. I, Drew, I don't know if you know this, movies, they, well, they, they can only make so many baby sensory videos. So, right. like, they have to also make some feature-length baby sensory videos. That's facts. It's just, it, it's just rare that the marriage of, like, the highest level of artistry is also in something so commercially viable. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's both so at the same crazy. time. And that doesn't happen a lot. That's, I think that's one of the things that makes this movie so special is they, it feels like they snuck it in. And mm-hmm. that's always what Lord and Miller do. Well, that's, they always just sneak past this shit. They get the art past the <laughs> commerce in a way nobody else can. I wanted to bring that up whenever we were in pre-spoilers, but like the Monday after this movie came out, people at my work were talking about who like do not go to the movies. But they were like, I went to the movie because a new Spider-Man movie came out. I thought it was incredible. Like just like everybody just layman yeah. can enjoy, watch this but movie they know and Spider-Man. enjoy it. Because I think that like any kind of great art – even if you can't articulate it, you can feel it and you can know that it affected you. Yeah. And I think that that's yeah. one of the things that this movie is really, really and good about doing is there's like, I really liked it. It's like, what do you like about it? It's just like, I, 
I don't know. I just really like the way it made me feel. And it's also it. it's like looking at a beautiful painting. Yeah, and all, all the all the like the little subtle ways that, that happens also are like they're very easily transferable. You can just be like, yeah, that it looked crazy. <laughs> that movie looked nuts. It looked unlike anything else you'd ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it looked nuts and it, and like all the stuff with the parents was so sad and like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's really easy to understand. It's just it, like one million really complicated things are going into that. Right. It's I, so I, this, cool. It's, it's juggling so many things. And I, I think one of the things that we have to talk about is like, there's, there's what actually happens in the movie. And then there's like this, all the stuff around the movie, because I think the first movie gets a lot of out of it with you knowing about spider-man mm -hmm. going into it. like that's part of that first the whole thing movie. is like all right let's do this one more time yeah, and then just it, telling it, the spider-man it story. has fun introducing you to miles introducing you to this new character in the context of like you know spider-man yeah. you know peter parker you've seen it a million times the genius of this movie is that it it explores that so much further in a way that i was not expecting like this movie talks about canon this movie speaks in in the text yeah. about you have to have a canon event about all these ideas that exist in these stories. Like we're getting to a place where these comic books, these superheroes are becoming the modern American myths and they're retold a hundred different ways with the same beats. Batman's parents get shot in an alley always forever, every time. Spider-Man's uncle, Uncle Ben dies, dies in yeah. front of him every time. So this movie takes those things and puts them into the story of the movie. That's some Lord and Miller shit. Uh, these guys, they are fucking genius. Yeah, remember that? I mean, remember the Jump Streets? The like Jump Street, the Lego movies, like they. But I think that we live in a world with like meta, you know, where shit. Like we're used to things like commenting, yeah, meta, on themselves, yeah, exactly. But this is beyond that. This is like post meta or something. This is like I think this is something different because what this movie is doing is like it's not content with just saying like, oh, isn't it funny that like Spider Man always gets bit by a spider and then his uncle dies? Like that's really funny. It's like no, we are going to interrogate that. We're yeah. going to build yeah. a character around that. Why we're do you have, have to live off of trauma? This kind of is a exactly. movie about like how the the character of Spider-Man and kind of all of us, all, like all of everyone has to have a traumatic event in their life. We right. all have to stem from trauma to become the person that we will eventually become. But especially Spider-Man, because like if you look at No Way Home, Tom Holland's arc in that movie is learning from Toby and Andrew that you have to have these things happen to you to be Spider-Man. Yeah, you and have like, to fuck oh, up and like you I can't will, say I will carry the burden, sir. Yes, I will be Spider-Man. I will do it. And Miles is like, no, nah, that ain't me. That ain't me. I ain't going to do that shit. Yeah. And then they're like, well, actually, you're not. <laughs> We're going to kill you. <laughs> you're not a real Spider-Man. You're not even so. supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's I think that's the exact right point to make is and that's the reason I didn't find this plot, which is, you know, it it takes up a large chunk of the movie because it's like what the central broad yeah. conflict is. Uh, I didn't find it to be obnoxious at all because it's 
it's finding a new spin. It's finding a very earnest, like genuine way to make it seriously matter. It feels big. It's, it's not. It's, it's epic. It's not Deadpooling. Oh, in any way. It's, that's. It's yeah. not just. There's yeah. no winking at the camera. Yeah, it's almost. Yeah, it's almost interrogating it in a way that's like like adjacent to like just reading a joseph campbell book right where it's you know where all of his books are about like why does the jesus character always have to die Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what's going on here it's like they're like why does this always have to happen it's like just because that's what the that's what stories that is, are. That's what's interwoven into what we are. Yeah. And that's literally, that's what Joseph Campbell books determine. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, human DNA just has this in it. Right. But that's a great point that like nobody ever focuses on the why of the Joseph Campbell story. Everybody just focuses on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and like the outcome, but not the interrogation to get to that outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's so fascinating about this. Yeah. And it's just like, cause, cause his eventual answer and a lot of like, uh, Dan Harmon has a lot of really good essays that sort of extrapolate on Joseph Campbell stuff. And he's he kind of breaks it down in more scientific terms because it were, you know, we're later on in history than Joseph was. Yeah, a couple decades. Yeah. So just to the point that he's willing to be like, yeah, it's it's evolutionary. Like it's an evolution thing of like you we need change in order to survive. We need to go out and take get something and bring it home. Yeah. But we cannot permanently be like different all the way otherwise we're just fucking fucking shit up we're fucking society up but that's why spider-man is such an interesting kind of wedge into that because that's what i was trying to get at with the whole kind of i don't know if there's like an official word for this like post meta modern something where like you're going into this with an understanding of this character and that's used as a way to break open those conventions. In The Matrix, The Matrix breaks down the hero's journey. And there's an entire scene that everyone always talks about with The Matrix where literally it he sits, the architect sits Neo down and is like, we built The Matrix as a paradise and it didn't take. We lost a crop. And we had to make it so that it was a hellscape with a savior. And you fill a purpose. We need to have oppression and have a savior to bring people out of the oppression in order to make it work. And you, that's a deconstruction of the hero's journey to b- build on that cycle. But you don't go into that with an understanding of who Neo is. All you know from Neo is from the first Matrix movie. With this, you have an entire understanding of not just Spider Man, but comic books and superheroes in general. So they use that. They use your understanding of that as the gateway into the ability to explore these subjects and to break open these conventions. Cause I think that if you told, if you told this exact same story and it wasn't Spider-Man, people would be like, they would be just too confused. You, you need that initial. It's, it's lean, it has the crutch to it. And I think it's just that that is just kind of one of the things that, again, if you're going to pick nits with this movie, I think that that is a very fair uh, thing to ding against it. Is I don't that mean it, it is, as a ding. No, no, no. I know you don't mean it as a ding, but I'm, I mean saying that as like just an outsider looking in that I, I it's funny thinking about like this movie. And I thought about this with a lot of these with a lot of superhero movies, especially lately is 
what's going to happen in 60 years, 70 years, 80 years from now, looking back on this, the same way that we look back on like John Wayne Westerns. Right. Like which ones are going to stand the test of time as this, this, this. Well, yes, but in 60 years from now, will people know the story of Spider-Man? And if not, can they just pick up across the Spider-Verse as their first introduction to the Spider-Man character? I think like that. That's one of those things where that is this movie is relying on a crutch of living in the moment mm, of today. I see what you mean. Like that you need, you're going to need you all have this to have the context. auxiliary. And that's yeah, that's I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is perfect in the moment in today as we are watching it, because we are so inundated by everything around us. But if you were to take this in a bubble and separate it out yeah. how does it hey, stand man, i mean i'm sure there's guys out there that are like um actually you wouldn't understand julius caesar if you don't really read up on a lot of uh, <laughs> roman history books yeah there's and a lot of guys who are just like actually you don't really get gladiator so it's yeah. okay i wish um, we i wish we were those guys <laughs> uh actually was, you don't we're like it. almost we're golfing now we're basically in our dad era we're going to be reading history nonfiction books it, soon yeah enough. we at like, least we at least have to get into world war ii like guys soon. well here's the thing i'm actually I'm Fox more into ticket. the Great War, and I call it the Great War, not World War One. <laughs> um, because they didn't know it was World War One. Yeah, because right. at the time it's, it's it, was just, it was just the Great War. So I, I think that it'll generally stand the test of time pretty well because, for the most part, what you need to know is the the very extreme cliffs notes that, like for example, I knew before I had seen a single Spider-Man movie. I saw the first Spider-Man movie, Toby. Late, yeah, I saw that way later in life than most people did. I like I wasn't like a Spider-Man kid. Um, you saw it from like what, like yeah, a Jeopardy question or something TV. like exactly. that. Or, yeah, yeah, but uh, but even with with like without having seen any content related to Spider-Man, I knew that like I knew about Uncle fucking Ben and you yeah. know and Aunt May. Yeah. And I knew that you know I knew that X dies and then like, you know he's bit by the blank and like that kind of is most of what you need to know. Right. There there are specifics they delve into. And that, like, for example, one of the only things that I sort of bumped on in the whole movie is when they're showing clips of the Toby. I want to talk about that. Well, I I mean, I know that Lord and Miller didn't want that shit in there. That's just that's not who they are. Is that the no way home of we have to show they some to- yeah. we have to show our friends? Toby they didn't need to fucking do Andrew that. Here. And I'm sure they didn't want to. But if that's if that's the the middle ground, if that's the sacrifice that's they made, that's like two shots. So I'm fine. Exactly. That's totally fine. No, that's exactly how I feel about it. I think that you could read some of that stuff as like Sony corporate, like realize that over in the corner they had something because the first movie kind of got in under the radar a little bit. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, it literally won the Oscar. But other than that, it was like a movie that nobody thought was going to be anything. They it kind of got dumped in what? early december late november something like that october yeah Yeah. it got kind of dumped at the end of the year thrown in there and it was a word of mouth movie yeah it was a movie that we saw critics kind of saw that we were all like we really liked it and then especially whenever it hit netflix like a couple months later it blew blew so that that kind of reads a little bit of like oh they know now what they have and they need to start plugging their shit into it because we also see the venom verse 
with the uh, the shop <laughs> the shopkeeper the the which that one I kind of did bump against that one a little bit, but I, I also did not even track that as a non a person who's never seen Venom. It's definitely like recycled. No, call yourself footage. a non Venom person. <laughs> I'm a non Venom. I'm actually non Venom. They definitely didn't get that lady in that set again. That's that definitely what? like oh, recycled. No, footage. I know exactly what you're talking. <laughs> that that like older lady that stunk. That was that was rough. Just because I knew that there was a joke that I didn't know. But okay. So I think that that and the clips of Andrew and Toby, they're so brief that you could see it either way. It could be Sony meddling in nothing. there or it could just be Lord and Miller having fun. Having like they, one other little thing, because I mean, everybody's been talking about on Twitter about how the the Spider-Man uh, uh, fucking ice cream pop is in the army of spider-man that's chasing after uh, oh Miles. i didn't even catch that it's yeah the oh, the, the little spider-man pop is in it so like so it could catch. just be a thing of literally every content that has ever been spider-man we want to throw in this here's, thing here's how i feel about this so i i could go either way with it i i could have definitely gone without it but i didn't mind it because it's so like quick and easy but I was kind of worried that it would be worse. Like I was kind of preparing myself a lot with a lot of the advertising of being the Spider-Man HQ and like all of the Spider-Man. I was kind of like I was. Yes, I was preparing myself for like miles to jump out into Tom Holland verse and have an entire scene with Tom (laughs) Holland to plug like, hey, that'd be should, so funny. You should go watch <laughs> this. Tamon's like, actually, I'm taking a wee bit of a break from acting. <laughs> I like I was kind of like ready for that. So the fact that it didn't go to those lengths, I was really happy about. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see how they handle that stuff in the future, because if it gets worse, if they keep doing more live action stuff, that's going to be really fucking annoying and they should stop. Um, well, I, I don't want to get to this right now about the whole future of this because I pray more than anything that this will just be a tight trilogy. We'll get Beyond the Spider-Verse next year. Please. It will also be a masterpiece and Please. then they will just not do anything else with this story. Oh. I don't want to get in a uh, a negative headspace of like if these movies are too successful and so Sony is like mm-hmm. we have to keep making more of these because I don't want that to happen. Um I want to talk a little bit more about like the actual characters that talk are about Miles. Story. Let's talk about Miles. I think Shamik Moore is awesome. I think that this is an incredible character. Um, shout out to Sway Lee for just having the same voice as Shamik Moore so that he just got to for do the, the come up and uh, just got to be in like six songs on the soundtrack because he just kind of sounds like Shamik Moore. Miles is a little older here. He says it's mm-hmm. been a year and four months since the events of the first movie. Um works better with pairing him up with um with Gwen, you know, they're more of an of an even uh match there. He was very, Which, he, he was drawn to be very like young in the first movie. Sidebar thing, have you guys seen Schmeek really trying oh, shoot with Haley? Shot? Shoot he keeps shooting a shot with Haley Steinfeld Let's in go, public and God. it uh is very awkward is uh, she to available? watch. Uh no, she's very much dating Josh Allen. Uh quarterback for the buffalo bills right now um so and they're both like weirdo conservatives 
yeah. Haley Seinfeld is? Oh yeah. No, that's Ew. no, that was like that was all just like an internet rumor. She is like, I am not a Trump person whatsoever. Fuck that guy. Um, I think that that was just like a weird rumor that started on TikTok on Twitter, and she's just not very online. So All right, she never, so then it's just Josh Allen then. Josh Allen's very <laughs> she, much. A, she she will fuck him, but disagree with him. Yeah. All right. Anyway, listen, you see that cutie pie walking around, and you're like, hey. I, I love Miles's journey in this movie. I think on one hand, you have the whole notion of you have to be this kind of Spider Man. Are you looking him up? No, I'm looking over Haley Stanfield's canceled. canceled. Oh, nice. Um, on one hand, you have uh, the whole idea of like, you have to be this kind of person to be Spider-Man. You're not meant to be Spider-Man. You were never supposed to be Spider-Man. You're an anomaly. That's what Miguel says. That's an incredible journey, you know, to 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 go from him feeling like he wants so badly to reconnect with these friends and then see how they are like outcasting him what did you find uh that Haley steinfeld voting for trump is absolutely fake news here's why it's debunked seems legitimate and then on the this other hand th- this has like t- like 10 likes <laughs> this whole thread <laughs> and then on the other hand you have this relationship <laughs> with his parents with rio and and jeff mm-hmm. and that's not so He's an anomaly in, quote unquote, the bad ways, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like he was never meant to be Spider-Man. His Peter died. He got bit by a spider from another universe. But then he's also an anomaly in the good ways where his parents are in his life. He has a relationship yep. with them. That's something none of the Peters have. He has these incredible scenes where the movie slows down and he gets to talk to his parents bro the one where he has the mask on with his dad and then the one under the water tower with the mom a perfect his dad do some fucking police work bro like (laughs) that's your son right next to you he's like i talk like this so you definitely won't recognize me uh dad i mean such a distinct shape yeah the body like if you're hugging him like you can He's feel you felt him his whole life. Yeah. B regardless of that, if my son was acting that fucking sus, oh yeah. my God. Like I, it would, I would have grounded him way before then. I like no, he, he's not showing up to this meeting with the, the academic advisor who I think is Rachel Dratch. Yeah. I, I didn't look it up. Great but, scene. Um, I want to talk about that scene. Yeah. She's awesome. And he, he storms in super late and then it dips. The, and yeah. And then middle of it, he's like, anyway, I got to head out. <laughs> I gotta go well, uh, study. That, I bumped on that on the first watch, and then on multiple watches, um, there's a very key moment in that scene where uh, Jeff also leaves. So, like, Rio has no right, oh, yeah, no, to like reprimand yeah. him if he's doing the same thing his dad does, mm-hmm. responding to the police call. Yeah, but it's just like this fucking kid. They're just like, he, why? What are you leaving for? I think. What do you have going on? I think that what this movie does is that it puts enough focus on the perspectives of the parents where you have enough scenes. It's not very many. It's just a couple, but enough scenes of them, of just the two of them without miles talking to each other that you get their perspective and you see how difficult this is for them and how much they're struggling to parent this kid. Yeah. They don't know what to do. Uh, We have, you know, the rooftop party sequence. 
amazing. Um, which yeah, which which plays all the ways they want it to, comedically and dramatically. The DJ where he gets grounded, trying to drown out the fight. <laughs> yeah, and then right when you're like, okay, they have to get some sort of answer here because like you you can't just act like that and and have everyone just keep being like, what's going on? So then they're like. Oh, he's trying to get some pussy. Oh, oh there's a girl yeah. and she has a cool like haircut. Yeah. Mm. And, and she that calls makes him it by all first name. Nah, it all makes cool. sense. Yeah. He's just with like a BPD cutie. Yeah. Like it's all, it, you know, it all, it all clicks <laughs> into place for the parents at that point. And they, they handle it like fairly well. I think this movie plays around in this space where it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a crazy superhero multiverse jumping movie, but it's also a story about like, what it's like to be in that very specific age mm. where you're very much still a child, but but you're like you're, I want to have independence. I want to yeah. have like the adult things, but like baby version of you're that. behaving like, in ways where you very much want to be an adult and you want to be treated like an adult and you want to be like perceived by others as an adult, mm-hmm. but you're not. Yeah, and that's where Miles is at right now. So I think it perfectly balances those two things where it's like yeah it does all the crazy superhero stuff that you want but it's also like oh yeah it's also just about this kid i just think like it is it this is just some of the best like parent writing in incredible few scenes that i've seen in so long that is so so realistic to Again, because the thing is that like one of the biggest mistakes that almost every single movie makes is that most parents aren't helicopter parents and also most parents aren't absent parents. In reality, you want to be somewhere in between, especially if you have like a 16 year old. Like I'm thinking back to whenever I was a little snot nosed fucking kid like and your parents my mom wanted to give me some independence and guess what you might take too much advantage of it sometimes because that's also part of childhood is that like you have to kind of feel out where the boundaries of life are um they're doing their best they're they're trying to figure it out too it is like and that's kind of just one of the things that i think that this movie and uh, a lot of those movie a lot of movies like this kind of get right is like trying to give independence here and like i'm so mad at you but then also like shit we were kids once we yeah. also fucked up we also did kind of all kinds of stupid things the um the scene with the mom under the the water tower that is that's low-key like the scene of the movie for me so good i think from an immigrant perspective like just seeing that the way the way she expresses her fears of wanting to protect him from the world that hit me so fucking hard i saw so much of myself in that scene and so many conversations i've had with my mom and my dad and just how they want to let you spread your wings but it's just so much harder when they've made all these sacrifices to get you to a place where they can even hope to be able and to do that and you're like i'm sorry i have to go fuck a white woman <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry Did you see her? like half her head shade yeah. come on dog she has a watch you like dap up your she dad has a realm watch she has dad, a realm. dad it's ushy gushy <laughs> so, dad she's got that yummy yum. i heard she was fucking with daniel kaluuya i gotta see something <laughs> about that I'm sorry, but he he's getting outdicked by Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> Dog, in this movie. It's crazy. Daniel Kaluuya is that boy has is the piping. most riz of any cre- of any spider in this oh, world. Big. 
Obi Brown. I also shout out to Daniel Kaluuya. Finally, just actually not having to do an American or English accent. Yeah. He's like, or uh, Amer- a toned down English accent, yeah. I should say, because this is actually what up. he sounds like. That that <laughs> character is what I was talking about them pushing the technology. Yeah, so he is, uh, Daniel Kaluuya in this movie is playing a mixed media collage. <laughs> A cutout, a magazine <laughs> cutout. Yeah. It is every single, all three times I've seen this movie, I'm still amazed by that character. See, the thing is, at first, whenever he was first introduced, I was like, oh, I'm going to get annoyed by this character. Yeah, same. Because on the surface, you're just like, I'm, this just seems like something that would they're just push, be. They're pushing it a little. It seems like a thing that yeah. is, we're going to borderline like Deadpool y. Like, this is yeah, too this much. Is the epic this bruv. Is, yeah. <laughs> Because well, we saw, I mean, we saw Spider Ham, you know, John Mulaney in the last one. Like that was kind of that version of that right. you know, was, Tunes character. Was that uh, was that peak cocaine bender John Mulaney <laughs> as Spider Ham? Honestly, and what is and what is Kaluuya on now? <laughs> Probably like some downers. I don't yeah. know. He was pretty chill. He's like, he I'm pretty, pretty k up right no, now. <laughs> you're right. Just though, that, lettuce. That's that's a type of character that I was so sure was going to derail things a little bit for me. And he doesn't because he ends up being dynamic. Yeah. He, he ends up having opinions. <laughs> he, yeah. he also is the one who just because he's like kind of like uh like whether he wants to hurt or not, he's just there for chaos. He is yeah. like true punk. And what pe- punk is, is not necessarily good or bad. It's, it's just, just like, fuck, it's all about disrupting the, the system. system yeah. And there is literally a point in this movie where miles is caught and yeah. he's just like, huh, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm just going to well, like rip it open. <laughs> there, there's something really key here because Hobie ends up being a key part of this story. Uh-huh. Where and he will be a key part of the next story. Yes. Yeah. Miles is completely cornered. He has no allies. He has no way out. And the only person no way home, some might say that is there to help him is Hobie. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important because this movie where we leave this story, we I guess maybe a little bit in a vacuum should assume that Miguel is right. That no matter how much we would rather it be different, the fact is that if these canon events don't happen, reality will unravel. Yeah. And like he's, that's just what happens well, in this movie. And he's gotten this entire society of spider people to go along with that. Yeah. And, and they're and, not and they're not, you know, they don't like it, but it works. Logically, yeah. it's correct. Right. So for Miles to go against that, you're thinking like, well, does this movie misunderstand the whole idea of Spider-Man to have all of the spider people talk about how you have to let people die, how that that's the sacrifice, right? When actually the whole point of Spider-Man is that, no, you, there's always a way you can always fight Mm -hmm. to find that way. And I think that that is key. And Hobie being allied to miles is key to what's going to happen in the next movie where I guarantee you we're going to see Miguel proven wrong. Like, it has to happen. Oh, well, of course. I mean, we all we already saw sort of a taste of how that could play out when Gwen's dad doesn't become the police chief. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that prevents. The, yeah. If, if there are other ways to alter event. reality. She had her own canon event, which was Peter Parker dying in her universe. Yeah. And that's kind of she thought she was worried for a secondary canon event. But yeah. The charity had but also one. Spider-Man yeah. India. 
He saves that that and guy. that world is like crumbling. It's like falling apart because apparently, but not yet. The camera because we, we don't happen. know if that's the but spot. Or also, right. by the way, vibes wise, that's the spider pig. That guy rocks. Yeah, who's, who's voicing Dude, him? The Riz, unbelievable um, Riz. Off Karan Sony, the hair. He doesn't even have to try to be Spider-Man. Everything just works for him. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. I just like get pussy and <laughs> I don't have to work out too much because he doesn't want to bulk up. It's so funny. <laughs> that that's a great little Phil Lord Chris Miller sequence. Yeah. It's like they they're really good at, at like I think mega like like <laughs> 30 second long montage sequences. Yeah. Speaking uh, of a uh, Deadpool, that guy was yeah. the cab driver in the first Deadpool movie. That's oh. what yeah. Okay. The Pinder. Wait, let um, me let me see him pull go back up. Uh, he's funny. He he's, is very funny. He's a that um, guy. Yeah, he's been a he couple w- things. A he lot was of in, like Indian films. He was in like a that. good a series of commercials that were uh, moderately funny in the 2010s. Oh, so, nice. um, no, but this is like just it. It's another one of those things that I mean, going to the kind of comic booky aspect of this. This movie kind of, I don't know if you got this earnest, but it has a little bit of uh, the Dark Knight to it. Where it's like kill the one to save the many yeah, kind the, of thing. Boats, it yeah. has that that kind of an yeah, the idea. Trolley, it's to the trolley it. problem. The trolley problem, which isn't really something in the Spider-Man movies. That's always kind of more been like the Batman it's story. The first of, one, the first one had it a little bit. Green Goblin. There's a scene where Green Green Goblin's Green holding Go- yeah. the the um, cable car and Mary Jane, but. He saves both. Exactly. He sa- he always saves exactly. both. And this is saying like, what if you can't? Like, actually, you cannot. And Miles, like, we are nah. going to take it so that you cannot do. Both. I reject. Mm-hmm. Well, and so in in this movie, like, without having to zoom out to the next one, all of this plays really well uh, through the lens of Miles as he sees it affecting his relationship with Gwen and then with Peter when Peter comes into the mm-hmm. fold. Uh, Jake Johnson. Peter, yeah, because yeah. they both Ugh. hide this information from him. And so, like, once he figures it out, he sees all of their interactions completely differently. Yeah. And it works super well. And that ties into what I was talking about earlier about this movie just being about how it's like to, to be that kind of teenager kid where you feel like they're your circle is getting bigger. You feel like your friends are, have other friends and you're just starting to widen out too much. And the anxiety that comes from that where, Oh yeah, you are becoming an adult. Oh, you, you you know, wait, you guys talked about this and I don't know about like, you kind of have these like secrets of like, you're talking to each other and I don't know. Exactly. There is a teenage anxiety that really runs throughout this movie in a really, really well done way. And again, it's, such an incredibly well-written movie. Like, I kind of want to push this for screenplay at at, at yeah. award season because it's like the way they balance both of both of those th- things, that chase sequence where you have a hundred fucking Spider-Man chasing him. Visually, it's so cool. It's the craziest and then, thing. And then we're taking all these moments to to get Character back beats. with just Peter and Miles. Yeah. Where where Miles can really digest that he's been betrayed, right? And it's oof, and it, you're locked into him, and then it all crescendos at that moment where he's like facing off with Miguel, and he electrocutes him, and he's just standing there. The music's fucking booming mm-hmm. right before he jumps off. Like there are so many moments in this movie where it's just like they fucking did it, dude. They were they were like, all right, I'm gonna call my shot. I'm gonna hit it out of the stands. 
into the fucking third row of the parking lot and hit that <laughs> that car. And they did it. And hit Peter Park's car. <laughs> like Peter, Peter Park's Park car. Park. They they did yeah that that's why this movie is to me perfect because the specificity the needle that they had to thread is unlike any other thread the needle anything the I've seen in years yeah. this movie had one way to be perfect you know this this wasn't a guarantee by any means so they they did everything um a couple stray thoughts I just wanted to bring up I did want to talk a little bit more about Oscar Isaac. Because I think Oscar yeah, Isaac Miguel is excellent. Harrell. I think that he's like, I really, anything Oscar Isaac touches is incredible. We're going to have an actor's draft eventually, and he's going to be in that draft somewhere because I just think that he is one of the most dynamic actors that we have working right now. And he doesn't really, I can't even think of a time where he plays like menacing in anything before. Uh, Ex Machina. Ex yes. Yeah. Okay. This, that's this good. gives yeah. me a little ex machina. Yeah. Where it is kind of somebody who is in their own mind. They are doing yeah. something for the greater good, no matter what it costs. And that is really because I I would call Miguel O'Hara like a villain by any means. He's just somebody who has a set way that things are going, and they are antagonistic to what right. Miles Spot journey is. Spot gets um, to be the villain so that right. Miguel can be more of just like a opposing force yeah. and a, an antagonist. But I think that he's real. I think it's a really, really good voice acting yeah. performance. And again, I think that look, again, the way that he's stylized is so, so cool, cool as a, a ninja vampire. The, the way you can <laughs> see the etching, the lines, like if you look closely at a shoulder, you can see one line like overlap the other one. Like they didn't, they didn't fully clean up the drawing yeah. after they they filled in the color. Like there's so many mm. details like that. Yeah. There's moments during that chase sequence where he he's clawing at the the train and every time he claws the screen will just flash in all these different colors. Um unbelievable the way really he moves. Cool. It's it's insane. And yeah, the the voice performance is great. I think he does a great job. Yeah. Um I hope that we get a little bit more Issa Rae. Beyond the Spider-Verse, yeah. Spider-Woman. No, Love she's Easter cool and everything. Um, I really like Mayday. Yeah, Maybe the baby. Just a little, little, little baby with, with Peter a crap B. on the just establishment. Just love anytime J Jake Johnson's just coming into anything. I'm just, I'm just happy. Just in that you guy. You love I when hears, Jake Johnson comes into things. I, I want him to do come do more coming. Um, Showing his uh, baby pictures. That was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, Spider-Woman. Uh, sorry to go back to it, but Issa. Very, she could get it. Very interesting. She could get it. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like what I'm seeing. <laughs> Pregnant, motorcycle. So, rank. Lots of things going on. You man. basically just, you hit it all right there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it. That hair. <laughs> no, I, I like how she is, you know, doing her best to kind of guide Gwen, but uh, can't quite click. I mean, it's interesting for this movie to be so focused on non Peters, right? Well, you know, you you have you have uh, Issa, you have Miguel, you have uh, Miles and Gwen. So it's like these are these are all they're all drawn together because they're all not Peter Parker. I mean, I think that's one of the things that why I mean, for many reasons, why Into the Spider-Verse had to come first is because at the end of the day, 
there's still two Peter Parkers. And the movie, there is Miles as the main force of Into the Spider-Verse, but there is the Peter Parker, the hero that you know that you're introduced to at first, and then you're like, there's this schlubby Peter Parker who's the the inverse of all of your expectations of who Peter Parker is. Yeah. This movie, we don't have to rely on it. Oh, like, if you've seen the first one, you're fine. You got um, all these other ones. Did anyone mention Io? So is she Spider Bite? She is the, the data she, one. Yeah, she is the character that looks exactly like Iowa Debris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of all the characters in this movie, she's the only one that gets to play someone who looks. I wasn't sure if that was actually that, her. That character is modeled after her. I would be in shock if it wasn't her. Because <laughs> she is in the credits. Yeah, she's identical. It has. Yeah. Well, it, IMDb lists her as Glory. Which I don't think is that character. Who the fuck is Glory? I, is Glory like the auntie on the rooftop that like squishes his cheeks? I know that character had a name, to be honest. You might be right. Well, who the um, fuck is the computer girl? Well, her name is Spider Bite. With it's a Y. Definitely Iowa Debris. Um, there might They might just need to update the IMDb. Um, or maybe in the third one, we find out why she's called Glory. We'll see. Um, but yeah, shout out to Io. The the Bear Season 2 coming soon. Yeah. Um, winner of the year. I really want to talk about the moment in this movie that made me laugh the most every single time I saw it, which is the Lego Spider-Man. <laughs> Slapped. Thanks, Peter. That's a really good one. You're one of our best. <laughs> Literally, I, lo- I lost it. The first time I could not, I laughed <laughs> so much longer than necessary to that joke. To just the idea that Lego Spider Man is one of our best. That to me, I just, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something so specific there. And these are the me. and these are the fucking guys who did the fucking Lego. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do they do it? Also, I got to shout out Donald Glover, who shows up as is he in this? <laughs> no, I'm joking. The Prowler. <laughs> Um, I that was the most uh, confused audience reaction. Uh, in my crowd, whenever they saw, it, they were like, "For me, it was here? that. For me, it was that fucking Why venom here? thing. That stunk." No, no, no. I'm talking about just like murmur in the crowd of people just being like, "Why is, is that? Uh, Why, see, is, Why is he here?" No, that's that's like, true. nobody really Everyone got was it. Like, is that him? But the, the venom thing was the biggest moment of dead silence when there was supposed right. to be laughter because that was bad. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my god, that sucked. What a bad joke. Um, also, where it's like, dude, oh, Donald, uh, nothing crazy ever happens here, probably. And she looked at him like, mm. that's that was definitely Sony being like, hey, we have these other movies. Hey, can you please the carnage? Remember carnage, guys? Um, Sydney Sweeney Spider Woman coming <laughs> soon. That that scene where Miles goes through his Blu-ray shelf is really I don't know. It seemed obvious to me that they were just plugging Sony movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Don Glover. Um, a couple things here. So this is kind of closing the loop on uh, his appearance in Spider-Man Homecoming, where he basically plays the same character that Mahershali plays in these movies. The, the Prowler, Aaron Davis, Miles's uncle. We don't see Miles in Homecoming, but he's mentioned. So it's like it's teasing the existence of a Miles in the Tom Holland movies. So this is kind of closing the loop on that a little bit. It's like there is a prowler. Yeah, it's also there. a whole like nod to originally like fucking 15 years ago. People wanted Donald Glover to be Miles. And then even like 
eight years ago, people were like, Donald Glover could still be Miles. It's like, dog, he's pushing 40. I don't think he could be Miles Morales anymore. It's actually kind of poetic a little bit because when Sony was prepping the the first Spider-Man reboot before they cast Andrew Garfield. So after Toby was done before Garfield, there was an initial internet push to cast Donald Glover as Peter Parker. Obviously didn't take. They cast Andrew Garfield. But then when Community was on, there was like a little joke with him wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And that kind of reignited the conversation. And around that time was also when um, Miles Morales first debuted in the comics. And later, the creator of Miles Morales, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, said that he was actually inspired to create Miles Morales because of Don Glover, because Ooh. of that internet uh, push, that little viral moment that happened. So, so that's neat. Yeah. So that, yeah, that is very cool in like a loop closing sort of way. I would have been, I would have liked it more if it had been Mahershala in there. Oh, <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. It would have and, been way especially if Miles would have had like a moment of like a, yeah. Do I, do I know you? Like kind of He's, one of those things. Mahershala is a little too busy crossing the picket line trying to get his Blade movie made. <sighs> so. he, Mahershala's like, don't worry, guys. I will write it. I am like, Blade. Oh, he's okay, going go to go in the character as Blade. His voice is so cool. Yeah. It's I was glad to see him at um, the end of this. I, I, um, I have some nitpicks about the last like 10, 15 minutes of this movie. When it becomes full setup for the next yeah, movie. Yeah. It feels like it ends multiple times. Like the, yeah, the music yeah. literally like crescendos and like goes out. Like it, it, it feels like it ends multiple times. And I knew it was going to be a part one. So I was the whole time I was. That first watch, I was like really anxious because I was like, oh, is this it? Is this, uh, uh, no, oh, it's still going. OK. All right. So that ending kind of did, bu- did bug me a little bit. I think that the Mahershala and like uh, variant Miles, like Prowler Miles, I think we could have saved that for the next movie. I it's don't just know. I think it's it could have been. I think that's. I mean, at least I don't I don't know if like the normal person knew that this was a part one or maybe because of the culture that we live in. You just kind of always expect for every superhero movie you see to be a continuation of another story. I don't know. But like that was a thing that I was I was expecting a cliffhanger. And I think maybe that's why I wasn't as bothered by the part one of it all versus Something like Dune, we did know it was a part one, but I was still a little bit more irked with the way that that movie ended. And this is more of just like a next time on Spider-Man, like one of those. Like it it's really does kind of feel just of a piece yeah. with this whole trilogy. It just the way the way the scenes are structured. It doesn't feel like the ending. Of, it feels like the beginning, the of, beginning another of another movie. Yeah. It's 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 literally it. just there to be a cliffhanger. Yeah. It could have this movie could have been two oh five instead of two fifteen or whatever. Right. It is. I yeah, the sexual tension between Prowler Miles and Brother. regular Miles. Oof. Different voice actor, by the way. Um, it's the guy from. It's one of the guys from Moonlight. Um, is I mean the older Jarrell Jarrell Jerome. Oh, so what the the middle Moonlight guy? Yeah. The skinny guy. guy? 
Wow. Oh. Good for him. Nice. Um, I want to issue... Really great in Moonlight. I want to issue an apology to uh, Amandala Stenberg, who is, in fact, the voice of Spider-Bite. There you go. We we got it wrong. Do you want to talk to the animators about why they uh, animated her to look like Ao? Why Why would you give her those teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I, like Io has those. That, come on. While we're on um, voice actors, uh, shout out to Andy Samberg as Ben Riley, the like the brooding slaves, the emo Spider Man. The, the second that's really fun. The second I heard his voice, I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, our guy. <laughs> uh, perfect pose yeah in the alley <laughs> investigating <laughs> i hey i'm glad with where this movie ends it means that nick cage is coming back for beyond you think so it literally has him like okay. journeying he's with in his his in his cashing in era with renfield yeah. I, listen he's been in i don't Ernest. it's almost like we didn't do a fucking nick cage series where he's been in his cashing in era for the last like 25 years of that his was life. a different it's, i mean it's a, he's, I, he's operating he's on always like a, been cashing like in. a payday loan system yeah, like, like he, it's, he, it's constantly he left cashing behind in 10 years ago like he's been in his cashing in era uh, um i didn't want to ask because and maybe this is a question that nobody knew of us have the answer to but i'm assuming well maybe not assuming but i'm wondering since Donald Glover is fully in this movie as a live action character. And there's other shots, including Toby and Andrew Garfield, who are live action beings in this movie. Recycled footage, but yeah. Is this going to be eligible for best animated feature? Or are we going to have yes. like a fucking Lego ba Lego movie situation where they're like, there's that one that's, scene. That's a much more, ex the Will Ferrell. Because, is it because it is extended. a scene that is set in a live action that would be so place. stupid well no that's i i mean it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day but like i, I i'm curious i'm assuming that it will be fine because it, it like, will be fine because it's donald glover it live action fine. but in an animated background is that the the defining it's, well, it's, character? An, it's an animated movie in which there's a live action character the implication of the lego movie is that the animated movie is taking place in a live action world yeah they're exactly. in the basement of a live action universe. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't think that the Academy cares about implications in your movies. <laughs> I don't think that that was the, the determining factor. Um, I'm sure it's probably fine. It was just something that I wondered after watching uh, walking this movie. Is there going to be like some guy in the fucking animated uh, department of the Academy? He's like, um, um, actually, uh, I value pure, true art of animation. I... Speaking of pure true art, I want to shout out another uh, voice acting guy, Jorma Tacone. Jorma. Yo, our boy Jorma. As the vulture from the Da Vinci drawing universe. Another <laughs> just incredible choice. What a way to Early start on in movie. the movie that you start in Gwen's world and then the first like character uh, evil person that Miles is going to fight is just the most wild animation clash to the world that he is currently yeah. in incredible Great. Where, where's akiva we have two of the three lonely island guys um is he he's directing stuff to. he's is, dealing is with he still with i think you should yeah leave? he's probably dealing with i think you should leave um he also has a horrible voice <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I that whole opening sequence is great. I just to shout out the music again, the the theme, the Spider Gwen theme, the it's almost like ABBA. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, it's like a sped up version of. Uh, um, it is a uh, great score. Um, oh, I'm, shout I'm out seeing to, uh, Akiva after the success of Chip and Dale went to live in a ranch in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> to like whittle on some wood, grow, grow like a ton of weed. Yeah. <laughs> sure. um, shout out to Metro Boomin who did yeah. the soundtrack for this. James Blake. Um, the soundtrack is really, really good. It's it's really good. Um, my one note uh, just one note that I have for this, uh, and I don't know if they got this across. I, I'm worried that the features on this album didn't know ahead of time that they were making uh, music for a Spider-Man movie. Based uh, on uh, <laughs> when Lil Wayne is like, I'm a spider. I'm a spider. I'm a little arachnid. I got eight legs and I shoot webs. That, yeah, I don't that's think anyone told bars. them. <laughs> that's Offset is like danger, spider, <laughs> spider. Um, some of the verses on it are like the corniest shit I've ever seen in my life. That then made me think back of like, man, what if on the Black Panther album they were all just like, I, I'm, my name is Black Panther. I'm Wakanda forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, guys, we can just also just make a hip hop album that doesn't have to be any of those things. But um, whenever there aren't really bad verses, the production uh on the soundtrack is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's Metro Boomin, of course. Uh, but there's like a song on here, uh, the song with Future all the way live that sounds like like a vintage 2016 Future song. Um, oh, that is a really same good one. with uh, Danger Spider, although I made fun of it. Um, that sounds like something that could be off of Culture, the first Migos album. Great JID verse on there. Um, my really, beloved, my beloved James Blake. Uh, we talked about uh, the uh, rooftop scene, but also love the song Suck and Cologne. That mm -hmm. plays during it. Yeah. It's Latin. Latin is having a moment right now. Um, uh, Latin hip hop. Um, Latin's having <laughs> Latin is having. <laughs> I'm so tired, guys. I'm, I'm losing steam. I've been awake for so long. Because <laughs> it's like 5 a.m. Um, you really wanted to talk really, about Metro Boomin. I just wanted to. This is why he wanted to do it early because he Metro knew he'd be, he'd be out of gas right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I no, just wanna, I think I, I want to shout out a couple other random things. The uh, the upside down romantic scene with the cityscape, I thought was oh, really beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Um, there, man, those romantic beats are great. It's so they're good. really well done, it's and they so good. They, 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 they have just, so much chemistry uh, in animated form and zero in real life. It's crazy <laughs> swinging through the city together, flirting. This this I mean, this whole movie just has no business being this good. Yeah. Like that that shit. We've seen it so many fucking times, and it's just it was all for this. It was all for this to make sense to us. You know what a work of art. Mm. What an achievement. Lord and Miller, everyone. I, I want to shout out the directors. I, yeah, uh, I was going to say, Joaquin don't. Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, Justin K. Thompson. I was going to say, got to give shout out to Kemp Powers, who between this Soul? and uh, his yeah. co-direction on Soul, fucking phenomenal job by him. Um, it's yeah. going to be tough to beat this movie this year. I'm, I'm looking at you, Dune 2. Um, uh, there's there's some things on the horizon that I'm really excited. I, mean, I don't for. know if you know this, but there is Tom Cruise is involved in a movie. It's Mission Impossible, Killers um, of the Flower Moon. Yeah, Barbie. Uh, guess what? You can't draw the stunts that Tom's gonna do. You could, but you, you could, but you can't. But you can't. You Oppenheimer. Didn't. You can't draw Tom Cruise. 
Can you draw Robert? No, it's like it's illegal. It's like drawing Muhammad. Muhammad. (laughs) (laughs) The Church of Scientology will actually like they will uh, behead you. That's why I couldn't find any good photos of him to make the art for our series. (laughs) You have to look at pre-Scientologist Tom. There are so many great photos of Tom Hanks (laughs) from the nineties. Like the dude was doing, he was booking headshots. Well, the thing is, he wasn't even that good looking. He no, but it, there's like nothing. Of but Tom the thing Cruise. is, Tom Cruise. I think it's one of those things that a lot of the photos have been erased from the internet because the more that you look at Tom Cruise's smile, <laughs> I know, it's, like the it's, worse you feel inside. <laughs> the more you're like, was this original? The original AI yeah. people. Why people? Overuse, he got his teeth uh, fixed and it's still fucked. People, I I can't look at this. People straight. overuse the term uncanny valley, but yeah. <laughs> Really it's kind of terrifying. That's really what we're dealing with, with yeah. this guy. The the most human actor versus the least human. Yeah. Um, uh, still to this day, like I <laughs> all the time with Gaia, whenever we'll just be laying in bed, I do the Tom Cruise laugh to Jennifer Connelly in Top Gun Maverick, where I just stand next to her and go like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like that he does in that movie because it's incredible. It's so good. And she falls in love that a little was bit. So more. awesome. looking Uh, fully deranged we are so excited for our next series starting later this year Uh, the films of tom cruise and tom hanks mm -hmm. it's going to be a doozy it's going to be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. uh two dozen movies lots of guests lots of bangers look forward to that in the meantime a little catch-up um movie tv talk more summer movies um coming down the pipeline july's packed and uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, like, and comment. Check out webottomike.net to get every episode in your inbox. Join the Discord. Donate. Thank you, donors, for donating. Next week, it's ketchup. Then more ketchup. Chilling. Chilling. Trying trying to take the summer a little easy. You guys don't want to dial into Destiny with me. I already know this. I know. You're acting like anyone is going to watch that. <laughs> Look, does literally anyone want to die? I am for the rights of senior citizens to wear fedoras and have whips. It's like is a, that too much to ask? It's like a make a wish kid <laughs> situation at this point. Like, get him out of there. He's yeah. not safe. We gotta just we gotta just fucking put the dog out of his misery. His family just doesn't want him to like be flying a plane. Right. Yeah, yeah it's just when anything, is, anything to get him out of the When plane. is shrinking season two coming to Apple TV? Uh maybe across the Spider-Verse at some point. I'll okay. be I'll be really impressed when Tom Cruise does a stunt on a plane that is driven by Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to watch that movie. Is that, that Dead Reckoning Part Two? Is yeah. that how he died? That's actually That's, dead. Like he is dead right now. Oh, Tom Cruise shit. is not alive anymore. Incredible. Um, have fun out there. Be careful as you journey across the Spider-Verse. Can't wait for Beyond. Can't get here yeah. soon enough. Uh, it's supposed to come out in March. Do we think it's going to come out in March? I fucking hope so, man. I think there's a... I don't think it's coming out in March because I think this movie is a hit. I think it is at the earliest coming out in July of 2024. I'll, I'll wait as long as later. we need to for it to be good. I will say... I did want to just real quick want to say another thing. Um, really glad this movie got delayed. Just oh, to give it yeah. as much time as it needs. Give it all the polish. Mm. It's the same thing. I've been feeling this way about video games lately. Because like games that have been delayed. Time. 
like uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm just like, oh, you finished it a year ago and then you just spent the last year cleaning up all the edges. Thank you. Thank you for that. I would rather have that than the complete game. Feel the same way about the movie. Yeah. We'll see. We'll pro, see. Pro Labor King. Yeah, yeah. I am. All right. Don't pay him. Thanks for listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Pay, like pay your writers. Okay. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>